Epiphany Anglican Fellowship in Ligonier, Pennsylvania. Welcome to Learning with the Lion, a community read-through of the Gospel of Mark. Over the summer of 2023, members of the Ligonier community are coming together to walk through a 13-week exploration of Jesus' life, practicing reading the Bible together and asking what it means for everyday life. For more information, visit epiphanyligonier.org mark, where you can also sign up for our companion e-newsletter. There was once a man who turned to the Bible for answers regarding a hardship in his life, and he had no experience reading the Bible, so he thought he'd just close his eyes and ask God for wisdom and flip through the pages, and he'd put his finger down on a random verse, and perhaps God would communicate something to the man and his desperation through this desperate act of Bible reading. So he flips through the Bible, and he closes his eyes, and he points his finger down, and he opens his eyes, and he lands on Matthew 27, 5. And the man confidently reads the Bible verse aloud. Then Judas hanged himself. It's like, wait, wait, said the man. What did I do wrong? This couldn't be the verse God had intended for me. And so he flips through the Bible again and leaves through the pages and lands on Luke 10, 37. And Jesus told him, go and do likewise. <laughs> and the confused man, maybe a little scared, tried one more time. And he leafed through the Bible and landed on John 13, 37. Whatever you are about to do, do it quickly. <laughs> I mean, this joke is as old as the Bible itself, but highlighting it uh, as an example of how we can read the Bible wrong, well, it's a good illustration. In the same way that the Bible can be used to justify all sorts of terrible things, like slavery, or in the same way that doomsday cults use the Bible to predict the end times, and in the same way that politicians conveniently find the Bible to support their political party, we too can come away with the wrong conclusions about what God is revealing to us if we're not careful about how we read the Bible. And so as we read through Mark's gospel together, I want to tell you that the best interpreter of the Bible is the Bible itself. Context, as they say, is king. And so to help you navigate your own personal Bible reading, I want to offer you four tips, four ways that you can find the context of a passage. And if you can do that, then it'll help you internalize uh, the particular significance of a passage for your life. And so to do so, I want to do it today in the context of a difficult reading that comes from our greater reading in Mark, the, re the healing of a Syrophoenician woman's daughter. A text made famous because Jesus calls this woman begging for her daughter's healing. He calls her dog. <laughs> it's a controversial passage, and some have used it to paint Jesus as a sexist or chauvinist person. Uh, and so here are four tips that if followed will help you understand this passage in the best way. And spoiler alert, Jesus is not a sexist pig. <laughs> the first tip is this. To understand a Bible verse, first read it in the context of the whole story. So in our reading this week, Jesus calls the woman a dog. Well, there are things in the story that might add some context to it. Notice at the beginning of our passage that Jesus is trying to remain hidden. He does not want to be found. And notice also that the woman is begging Jesus for healing. And this begging suggests that there must be more to this reading than we initially read, that Mark is simplifying the conversation and he tells us that this exchange is much longer than the three sentences he records. So to understand a Bible verse, we read it in the story. Now the second tip is to read the Bible verse in the context of the surrounding stories as well. It's not just the story on hand, but what happens before and after the story matters too. 
So what happens before Jesus heals this Gentile woman's daughter? He has arrived in Tyre and Sidon to escape the crowds and rest after a season of difficult ministry. Jesus is trying to hide and rest and recover with the 12 disciples. There are no crowds there in Tyre and Sidon, nothing like in Israel. There are no Pharisees to antagonize him either. Jesus is in a Gentile-focused region. After our reading, Jesus will head back into the fray in a region called the Decapolis, another Gentile-heavy region. This would have been a break for Jesus, a time to rest after doing some serious ministry. So we're going to read the, the full story on hand, and then we're going to read the surrounding stories as well. The next thing to do, and this is a little bit more complicated, is to understand the whole book, to read the whole book of a text. Sometimes the meaning of a text or a parable can be found later on in the story. Maybe there's something that happens later on that clarifies what's happening now. I'm watching a fantasy TV show right now, and the bad guys of the show are an army of religious zealots who praise and devote themselves to the white flame. Now, what is the white flame? Who is the white flame? I don't know. I'm being held in suspense. Sometimes the payoff comes later. And in Mark's gospel, we see that he is building up Jesus to have authority over all the ills of the world, that he is the king of Israel and God's chosen one. And so we also see that the people of Israel appreciate Jesus for his healing and his exorcism miracles more than his preaching and teaching. There's a selfishness afoot. And there's a complete disregard for understanding who Jesus is at the expense of what he can provide for the people. Now, I could tell you what happens later on in the book, but we're not there yet. So just for now, recognize those things, that Jesus has authority and that the people are treating Jesus as a means to an end. The fourth part, the fourth way to understand our Bible verse is to understand the entirety of the Bible. (laughs) You thought you had a lot of reading to do, but you have even more. The reality is, though, a good print or online version of the Bible is going to come with footnotes and context notes at the bottom of the page, or maybe along the spine part of the page as well. If any text is better understood by a reference to a passage from the Old Testament or a foreshadowing of something ahead in the New Testament, well, a good Bible will link that in its footnotes. I once heard a distinguished Bible scholar tell a batch of seminarians that we too often undervalue those Bibles with cross-reference sections. If you or your parishioners have one of those styles of Bible, then you have just about everything you need to understand the book. We know that the Bible is ultimately about grace and mercy, and about how Jesus is coming back to redeem the world, and how if anyone's humble and repentant, Jew or Gentile, they are welcomed into the kingdom of God. So when you put all four of those things together, the immediate context, the passage context, the book context, and the whole Bible context, what do you get? Well, you get the story of a woman who had a demon-possessed child barging in on Jesus' vacation and pestering him for healing. There is rudeness and inappropriate timing implied in the reading, and Jesus' response isn't necessarily no, it's not yet. In the same way that a dog begs for table scraps while the family's still eating, this woman is coming to Jesus and begging for what is, in the future, hers, but for now reserved for Israel first. Dogs and domestic animals, they do get to eat, but they eat after the family is done. And so Jesus' response to the woman is not, you dirty dog, get out of here. It's an issue of priority. Jesus is saying, it's not time for you yet. The imagery of a dog is a response to the woman's persistence. Not only does this parallel the imagery of the woman's persistent begging for something that isn't hers yet, as a dog begs for scraps at the table, but Jesus needs to communicate to her the rudeness for her interrupting his retreat and his rest. It's not an insult so much as it is an expression of frustration. Indeed, Jesus gets frustrated, as we'll see with his own disciples later on as well. 
But when she extends the analogy and asks merely for table crumbs, the things that the children carelessly let fall to the floor, Jesus relents. This woman recognizes that Jesus, of course, is giving all of his time and effort and ministry and care to Israel, but he's not appreciated. She's simply asking about the crumbs, uh, saying that they don't recognize what you have, and I know your mission is there, but I need something now, and you can give me something now. All I want is a crumb from the table. And so Jesus focuses on Israel first and the rest of the world later, but because of this woman's faith and her humility and her deference and the fact that she understands who Jesus is and what he's come to do, and that she's not here to use Jesus selfishly for her own ends but appreciate him for who he is, well, he relents. And he says that in her faith and because of what she said, her daughter will be healed. I hope this example of interpreting a passage is helpful to you. Yes, the Greek and the Hebrew and the history, they all help us understand a passage, but you don't need them to get to the core of what the Bible's trying to tell you. With just a little bit of thoughtful reading, the Bible comes alive in a new and fresh way that proclaims to you the unmerited, fully loving, hopeful, and true gospel we all know and love. Epiphany Anglican Fellowship in Ligonier, Pennsylvania.